to minute 58 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast, where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and unfortunately uh, Tom isn't able to make it uh, this week. He's uh, still in the cooler, but hopefully he'll be back next week. But uh, joining me today is uh, award-winning documentary director Dana Nachman. Welcome back, Dana. Hi, thank you for having me again. Yeah, yeah, this, is, this has been a great week so far. You've, you've pointed out a lot of things as, as a director that I would never have thought of myself, so hopefully you'll be able to, to enlighten me and, and our uh, listeners to, to some more interesting things that go on uh, behind the scenes in the way that you make movies like this one. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Oh, you'll be happy to know that I was... Um, I was at a barbecue uh, with friends the other day, and we were talking about movies that family likes, and my friend said, we just got finished watching The Great Escape. And I said, oh, well, I am, have recently taken a very deep dive into The Great Escape, and she said her kids loved it. Uh, and I was actually scared to watch it with my kids because I thought it was a little long for them, but she said, no, they totally hung with it. So now I'm going to do that as Ooh. a family movie night soon. All right. <laughs> That's great. That's excellent. Yes. That, that's what we want. We want more people to see this movie and, and to get more of an appreciation for it because it's such a fun, family-friendly movie, but it's also, you know, even adults can, can enjoy it even more, you know, if you just watch Definitely. it over and over. Yes. Yeah. That, that's great to hear. I'm really happy to hear that, that, that you're just bumping into people at barbecues and the topic of, of The Great Escape is coming up. That That's great. Yes. All right. So, uh, Minificate begins with Cavendish looking at Frick suspiciously as they continue to carol. Goes all the way till Henley approaches Werner, who is star- staring out the window. Basically, this uh, uh, this minute continues the way that, that the, the minute ended yesterday, where we have a number of POWs that are singing Christmas carols in... Uh, Late spring, early summer, in order to hide the fact that Hedwig and his manufacturers are uh, are, are building uh, some some very interesting things, like an air pump and things like that. Basically, you know, we have the the German guard Frick walk by, and we have Cavendish continue to motion to everyone in the way that they should do their their singing in order to to keep on the beat, <laughs> the way that everyone's working on the inside. Then the 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 shot shifts to showing us the inside again. So we see Cedric and uh, four of his men pounding away on uh, tin cans. The door opens and uh, Roger and Mac show up. And Roger, as always, you know, the, the, the managerial uh, Roger wants to know why, why his air pump isn't ready yet. So the, the first thing that I found very interesting here is when, when he walks in, he actually calls Cedric by his first name. This is the first time that we, we get to hear that his name is uh, Louis. So he goes, Louis, where the hell is the air pump? And uh, what fascinates me about this is, is up until now, all the characters are referring to each other by their last names. No no one has ever, um, besides the, the scene earlier this week where we have, uh, you know, Mac and... Uh, and, and Henley approaching one another, we're dealing with uh, all the, the goodies and things like that. Besides that, no one has really been referring to each other by their first names. So this is just a way for them to, I guess, give more of, uh, develop the character a little more. Just to, you know, he's not just Cedric, he's Louis Cedric, which uh, I don't know. I think, I think it actually takes a little bit away from it because by, by calling him Louis, it, I don't know, I think it, it brings... The, what, what you think of his character down a little bit by the way that he says it. Yeah, and also he's bossing him around, uh, so you would think that he would have a more kind of commander, you know, authoritative. It seems a little like not a place, not a time for it to be so informal. Right. Well, a little I mean, strange. The, true, but the, the the response that that Cedric gives is patience is a virtue, Roger. 
which which, right. which also isn't the type of response that someone would normally give to their commander. I mean, obviously, True. they're they're playing it very uh, loose with right. the, the way that that the, the command structure works here. But I mean, everyone knows that that Roger is big X and Roger's the one in charge. But still, to, to snap back and say to him, "Patience is a virtue," is is flip. Yeah. Exactly. And now the the way that Roger responds is he goes, okay, I know, but the, the diggers can only work when the trap's open. So I, I think this, this dialogue is a great way for them to let us understand what's going on here. We don't have to see the fact that, that when they're digging, they need to keep the trap doors open so that they have more air and stuff like that. But just this this phrase tells us that that's what's really going on, which I obviously it adds to the danger of everything if you're you, know, you can't hide underground if the the trap door is open you know anyone who walks in is going to see that the trap door is there and if you close it then uh everyone's uh you know going to lose whatever little air they had there so of the air pump that he pulls out yeah so so again this is a very large closet it it makes it, it does make make one wonder why the guards would never have noticed that there's this extra space here right you know you, if they walk into the room they they should notice that okay that this this wall is you know like what's supposed to be behind this wall <laughs> yeah um and they they do it really well and again what Cedric's basically doing here is, is explaining to the audience the, the whole idea of the air pump and that the, you know the reason that the air pump itself is done but uh, what's not done are the air ducts and that's that's what they're working on you know so they explain that they they basically are telling us that what these characters are doing by by banging on these tin cans is they're creating air ducts right which which is again it's fascinating to think about the fact that they actually thought to do all these different things in order to make the escape possible right you know it wouldn't necessarily be the first thing that i would think of is okay how are we going to create an air duct right and how are we going to create noise yeah let's say how am i going to breathe but you're not necessarily going to think about the fact that okay uh so let's let's create something really let's let's create something that is going to be able to take over and you know and allow us to, to to do this right so the fact that we get to see how the air ducts are are being made is is uh, is great i mean they do that really well here and that 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 helps establish what's what's really going on um yes it's very cool and uh so then the the, the conversation between sedgwick and uh roger continues you know roger at this point says well uh <laughs> I, I, he basically says, I know I know that you're working hard, but uh, still, I, I need it. When's it going to be done? And he says, oh, it'll take me another day or two. And as we'll see in a day or two, you know, <laughs> it still isn't ready. But that, that's, uh, you know, that's giving away a little bit of spoilers here. <laughs> yes. That, that's, that's the way uh, these things work with... Uh, when, when you're dealing with uh, someone like Sedgwick, you know, he's, he's, he's apparently very busy with everything <laughs> that he needs to do. And, you know, and then Roger's next question is, okay, well, <laughs> does it work? <laughs> and, you know, Sedgwick says, well, of course it works. There's, you know, and he starts showing him how good it is. Well, oh, okay, will it give us enough air? So then, uh, you know, again, these, this is, this is all exposition for the, for the viewer. You know, it's, it's the, to show us that, mm -hmm. that they're not just, it's not just a prop. They're, they're actually creating something. That's going to make things uh, more useful and and more helpful to uh, to the prisoners as uh, you know as they're digging away and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's also um, you know I think what you're always trying to do in any film, um, and this one has so much opportunity to do it, is to up the stakes. So you know, is there going to be enough air? Is like I mean that's pretty. If there's stakes anywhere, it's with having enough air to breathe, right? So like the constant reminders of that 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 could be in jeopardy is. You know, you almost take every opportunity to do that. Right. Uh, actually, that, that that's a good point. They're they're basically planting the seed that okay, there could be a problem with air. 
You know, exactly. We never would have probably thought of without them having to mention it. I mean, later on, you have the whole uh, the whole claustrophobia aspect of, of digging in the tunnels that they, they deal with. But but uh, they never really touch upon the fact that, that they might run out of air. Besides the fact that what they're doing here is telling us, OK, you know, pay attention this could be potentially a problem. Yeah, it's like a foreshadowing or planting a seed of that. And I just have to say, even though it's not my part, uh, I do have claustrophobia myself. And even watching those uh, those scenes in the tunnel made me feel claustrophobic. <laughs> okay, so, so you mean it's a good thing that you're not stuck in uh, Stalag Luft oh my 3? Oh, In other words, you'll be one of the ones to volunteer and say, I'll do all the work on the outside, but uh, I'm, I'm staying here. Exactly. I was even just telling my husband the other day, I was like, you know, just in case I'm ever stuck in a trunk of a car or something, I should probably deal with the claustrophobia. He's like, what, you think you're going to lose your keys in your car and get stuck? I'm like, I don't know. You just never know. And, and if you lose know. your keys in the trunk, don't, don't climb into the trunk. <laughs> That's uh, exactly. word to the wise. And make sure there's Never. no one around who's going to push you in. Tunnels. Like, I'd just rather stay in the camp, I think. Yeah, but you've now also planted the seed in, in your husband's mind that if he ever decides he wants to get rid of you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He'll, he'll know how to do it. There's many, many ways. <laughs> exactly. So if we hear a story that, that Dana Nachman was found in a trunk, <laughs> we know we know who to. Uh... Yeah, you have some. Um, you have some. Uh, what do you call that? Testimony and uh, evidence exactly. that you could provide. Well, actually, now that everyone everyone who's listening to this can is now a, a suspect. Because yeah, now exactly. It's not just. Oh no. No, that's actually good because it it means that people might be you know might be deterred to do it because. Uh, oh, true. You know. That's one way to look at of it. Of course, you have to. <laughs> Every situation in life, you have to find the uh, you know the the spin on it and how to look at it from from a good perspective. You don't always have to look <laughs> yes. at it from a bad perspective. <laughs> yes. And then uh, Roger basically tells him, "All right, you're doing a great job, and uh, make sure that you get it done by tomorrow night." Which again, he's not going to, but uh, you know, the typical manager, you know, telling you when you need to get it done by. Whether you're going to do it or not, that that's a separate issue. And didn't he, like, earlier say, like, one or two days or something, and then now he's, like, upping the yes. time period? Yeah, he said it'll take yeah. about a day or two. No, but once you say it's going to take a day or two, so you're yeah. saying that there is the possibility that it can take a day. Yeah, so do it tomorrow. You know, it's not as if he says, okay, it's going to take me, you know, it'll take me at least a week. So, you know, if he were to say it's going to take me a week, and then right after that he's told, okay, get it ready by tomorrow. Yeah, always under, you know, give yourself extra time. Overestimate, overestimate. Yes, always, always. Completely. Then you're then you're the hero, right? When you come in early. That's right. That's right. It's the way to well, go. That, that's what that's what I do with work. You know, when someone tells me that's what I do. Exactly. If they tell you how long is it yeah. going to take, oh, it can take me a lot longer than that. Yeah. You know? and, <laughs> yeah. Then, and first of all, you if you get it done by then, that's great. And if you don't, then uh, okay. You know, you still have a little bit of leeway to, to, to try to get it done afterwards. Exactly. I love the shot right after Roger walks out of the room. You, you get like a fraction of a second seeing the the smirk on Cedric's face as they leave. Now, the, the, this this smirk can be interpreted in so many different ways. You know, is he saying, yeah, right, I'm not going to get it done by tomorrow night, you know, or, you know, keep dreaming? Or is he saying, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, is he very pleased with the work that he's done and that's what he's doing? I think the two options in my mind are that he either is thinking what a blowhard that guy is, but I think it's more likely that he's thinking oh, shoot, we got to get this done. I'm nervous. Well, he doesn't look nervous because he's smirking. I think he does at the very end. He, it like, turns into, like, look look as it, like, and he, he like, he knocks his hand on the on the table. I, I think he seems like. So he's sort of saying to himself, all right, um, you know, how am I going to get it done by tomorrow night? Yes, you know, that's what I think. Even though, again, yeah. he doesn't, but that's a separate issue. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I just, I, this, this, this whole scene takes like 30 seconds or 40 seconds or whatever it is. And it's just done so well because they're, they're so able, much stuff. They're able to give us so much detail and so much information about everything that's going on just in that short little time span. Yes. And I mean, a, a lot of people look at this movie and they say, wow, it's, it's, it's a three hour movie and stuff like that. But it's filled with so much information, and it's not very repetitive. Uh, right? Which, no, not at which all. Which makes it, which makes it even more fascinating to to, to be watching because yeah. everything that you're watching, you have to gain. You're gaining more and more knowledge about everything that's going on, and you're not saying, "Oh, well, they already mentioned that before." No. Nope. You know, because because you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, a three-hour movie, they should have cut it down a little bit." But this is further proof that you know they packed so much into those three hours that there was no place for them to cut it down because because of the way that they built up this whole story. Yeah, you know, it's a lot. Yeah, it really is. Um, so then we move on to the next scene where we get to see Henley. You know, first first we see Werner, uh, the German guard, looking out uh, the window, staring out into space. I don't know what he's looking at. Uh, you know, is he looking at the, at the trees? Is he looking at the prisoners doing some sort of, uh, you know, menial work? Uh, is he looking at the Christmas carolers? You never know. But then, you know, from behind, you see that Henley, uh, James uh, Garner, comes into the room. Uh, he... <laughs> It's really funny because he looks like he's on the prowl the way that yeah, he, he does. Comes, in, comes into this room, you know. And maybe it's because he's like lighting a cigarette. Yeah. And you, like, yeah. He's in the process of lighting a cigarette and walking into the room and basically trying to. to I mean, we know what what his plan is. His plan is to try to uh, bribe or blackmail uh, Werner at some point with you know all the all the the goodies that that uh, he was given and and stored away in his locker. Uh, you know, just a, a few minutes ago, a few days ago. But the the, the motion that that Gardner uses here is just great because he's he's acting as if he's you know you could you could take that his movements and put him into any romantic comedy or even just you know a drama. <laughs> yeah. And and he's he'd be doing the exact same thing. You know, he's he's approaching a woman at a bar. He's approaching you know uh, a woman at a party. You know, looking out the window. That type of thing. Yeah, and you half wonder. I mean, I think it's a cigarette lighting, but you all, I mean, it's just the way he looks. You know, he's such a Casanova type that, like, you know, no matter what he does, he kind of looks like <laughs> looks like that. Exactly. Um, yeah, and then coupled with the lighting of the cigarette and the way he's standing, it's like, yeah, is he going to hit on him or what? <laughs> right, exactly. And uh, like you said, he puts puts the cigarette in his mouth and it's like hanging, it's dangling from his, uh, yeah. you know, from, from his lips. It's not as if it's even something... Uh, uh, you know, he's not already starting to smoke. He's 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 planning his his move. You know, he's about to make a move on on Werner. You know, not necessarily <laughs> yeah. in a seductive way, but uh, you know, he puts the cigarette in his mouth and walks over to him to try to. Uh... He wants to make sure that there's um, enough smoke and smell so that it's enticing him even more to want one. <laughs> Exactly. And that's basically how this minute ends. Tomorrow we'll have uh, more to talk about uh, with this scene. Do you have anything else you wanted to say about this this minute, Dana? Uh, no, it was a good one. All right, great. So you want to tell people once again how they can get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, they could find me at my website, Dana Nachman, um, N-A-C-H-M-A-N. They can find my, my films there and get in touch with me, anything they want. All right, great. And uh, while you're doing that, you can go uh, rate and review and subscribe on any podcatcher that you might be using uh, to listen to this podcast. You can uh, join our Facebook group at The Cooler. Uh, our website's thegreatescapeminute.com. Our email address is thegreatminute at gmail.com. And uh, our Twitter account is greatescapemxm. So, Dana, you want to come back in tomorrow? Sure. All right, excellent. So, till tomorrow, tally-ho. Tally-ho. Tally-ho.